I have some chickens at my house, and uh, and if you've got any egg cartons, you'd like to have some eggs, just give them to my wife, and we'll round up the eggs and pass them your way. But I have five hens. Out of all of my chickens, I've got about probably 15 or so that they do different things. But I've got about five that stay in the chicken house, and that's all they do. They stay in there. Am I right? Believe me, she doesn't do it, I do. But they, they do. We've had three of them to pass away in the past few weeks. I go out there and look, and they're dead, and there's flies on them. I get them, and I get rid of the, the carcass. But, but I've got about five. I've got one yellow, one golden chicken, and five and four others that are red. Um, the red variety, I won't say the name. But I watch those, and they never get out of the chicken house. They'll go from the chicken house over to the feeder, and it's all in one house. There's a little compartment to walk through to go to the feeder, and they'll go back. They'll go out maybe just to get a drink of water and right back in the chicken house. I began to wonder, why are they acting like this? And then I was talking to my wife, and, and we said, well, probably because they were afraid of chicken hawks. Maybe they've been around chicken hawks before, and so chicken hawks had got others, and they was afraid it was going to get them. But those chickens have lived in that same environment for so long that they don't know there's a better life. I'll let them out. I'll let them go out all over. I'll let them out the, out the, the pen, if you will. And they go in the yard and scratch around and get all the bugs. They need. I know this is kind of gross. But the thing is, they are living a limited uh, life. Their life is so limited by the things that they see only in those walls of those chickens. And did you know that each and every one of our lives, each of our lives, there's always been a, a, a deterrent to try to set us back to not accomplish the things that are supposed to be accomplished in our life. I'd like you to go to uh, uh, Numbers number, chapter 13 and attempt to thwart God's plan in your life. Chapter 13, verse 27, 28, 29. They told him and said, We came into the whether thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people the people be strong that dwell in the land of the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there, which is the uh, giants. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. And I want to stop there for just a second. And we may not often think about this this way, but who were the Amalekites? Uh, so I looked up who the Amalekites were. If you go back and you study uh, who the Amalek was, he was the grandson of a guy by the name of Saul, Esau. Esau was the brother of who? Jacob. So Jacob and Esau, but there was a promise given to Jacob, but yeah, he was lorded over, and he ruled over the life of Jacob. We've seen the promises. We've all had things that we felt like we needed to hang on to, but for some reason, we, we get sidetracked because of the external circumstances. How many of you believe that, that God wants to do something great in your life? And I probably see a lot of hands. And how many of you believe you've, you've fell short of, of, of accomplishing the things that you would like to see God accomplish in your life. We see our hands again. But in this situation, the people, the, the, the Israelites were going out to research and, and search the land and look for a land to go. They were out of Egypt and they were trying to find a freedom. And the Malachites dwelt there. So God had promised them. God had promised them this land beforehand. And I want you to notice in verse, uh, verse number 30. And Caleb stilled the people. How many times... 
there were 12 spies that were sent into this ground, but the spies were divided. Ten had, vision, ten had no vision and ten lived in fear, but ten and two had vision. And instantly the, the Caleb calmed the people and he calmed them. Have you ever noticed that a crowd, once a crowd starts to go after someone or however the momentum may go, but they always follow the group, the loudest group that seems to be there. And that's instantly what had happened. They all people went there. Go to Genesis chapter 25 and I'll just touch on this real quick. A lot of times we don't go back in our history and we don't think about things that were promised and, and God's promises to us. Chapter 25. And the children struggled, verse 22, and the children struggled within her and said, if it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, two nations are in thy womb the two, and the manner of the two people shall be separated from the bowels. And one person shall be stronger than the, than, the others, than the other people, and the elders shall serve the younger. There was, there was a truth. Esau's people were strong, and they were powerful, and, and they were great warriors, and, and they had the ability to fight. But the, but the Scripture said they all will come under the subjection or under the, uh, the dominion of Jacob. And that was a promise. You know, in my life, and about everyone's in here, there's been things that come up unexpectedly, a confrontation and dealing with things within the inside, and we begin to think then that we grab a hold of what the enemy has placed there, and we begin to apply it to our life. Verse 30 and 31, and Caleb sealed the people, and the people said, let us go up at once. And possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, "We be not, we be not, we be not, be, hmm, we be not able to go up against the people. They are stronger than we." And you know, we had a lot of events up to this weekend. We had oh archery, three D archery. We had washer toss. We had arm wrestling, but nobody showed up. Uh, I think that. They were afraid of you, probably, Henry, I'm doing that, and arm wrestling. And they had the log toss, a big heavy log that they'd throw, and, and checkers, and a lot of more mild things. But they all had these events, and they're always about a challenge. And uh, in this situation here, they challenged, and they brought down Caleb's words instantly. Instantly. I'm going to close with two stories. Sometimes we hinder what God has in store for us. And I often think about myself, what I could have had if I hadn't been times in my life that I've, I've felt hindered. The second thing, bad decisions, poor work ethic, and wrong attitude. We were in a meeting yesterday with Greg Perkins. He was a, a guy that's going to be our men's rep in the state of Missouri now. And I went to school with him. And, and he was working on staff at a church out in um, out in Kansas, Wichita, Kansas, and he had got really sour at the pastor, and they were really offended, and, and he was really aggravated about him, and he would go out for these walks. He was going to walk every day, and they were on a minister's retreat. All of them were all the staff were on this retreat, and this guy said, hey, can I go with you on your walk? And he said, yes, and he looked at him, and they were walking a while, and they were just talking about different things, and he said, you know, Greg, he said, what? You're leaking. And that's all the guy had to say. 
that his attitude was wrong because he was opposing the senior pastor and the senior pastor was opposing them. I've wondered about us. We have things going on in our lives that are up, that are opposing what we think is right. And we instantly have a bad attitude and he had to go to the pastor and confront him and apologize. But how many of us have our life hindered by our attitude, by things that we think? Maybe the spies, maybe they, they give us a report and we hear it and we, we believe it wholeheartedly. We would listen to Caleb and, 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 Joseph and, and J, Joshua. We listen to the other 10 and we believe it and we apply it. There was a, uh, and this is a story that Reggie told, and all the guys will remember this, and I probably won't tell it exactly right, but when he was in college, he went to North Central Bible College up in uh, Minnesota, and I went up there once, we traveled up there and played basketball and some tournaments, and, and uh, I was there at the same time he was, but I don't know if I don't remember meeting him, but when we traveled up there, uh, but when he was in college, he had one class that you didn't have to go to a class. If you ever take college classes, anybody have a class you didn't have to show up? They don't take a roll. Yeah, I've had those. How many, of you always, how many of you always went? How many of you didn't ever go? Well, he decided with this class he would go three times. He went the first day of the year, and he went for midterms, and he went for finals. And that was in the fall. And he done real well. He got a B in the class, and he was real proud of himself for only showing up three times and doing all the work that was in the syllabus. He had to do the work, but he never showed up. And many times in our life, there's a lot of things that we don't ever really do. We don't show up. His teacher went and got him after the class is all over. This is right before Christmas break. And he said, you know, you've, you've come up here and you've passed the class, but you haven't accomplished the things you should have accomplished. There was something I said in one of, my, one of the classes one day. You didn't get what you, you missed so many opportunities, things that were said in class that would have helped you in your ministry. And you were so focused on getting out of class and only, and only going and doing what you wanted to do. Let me, let me clarify this. He liked to sleep. And a person that likes to sleep misses a lot of things. A person who likes to sleep and, and wastes their time and sleeping, a lot of things go by and they never know it and they don't care. But he would sleep until about 1.30 every day. And he said he didn't care. He just slept every day until 1.30, academically could do the work and didn't have to show up to class. But that teacher confronted him and talked to him about it. And so that next semester, he took the class over. And the class was at 7.30 in the morning. And every morning he went to that class. He went to the class for the whole year. For the whole spring semester. I don't know if he got a better grade. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. But what matters is that he took an initiative in his life for the first time. Regardless of what he'd heard from the outside. Regardless of these spies who said things. They'd, I believe they would have walked into a land of promise. And they would have overcome all the things they, they were facing that time. If they would have believed Joshua and Caleb. But they didn't. And how many of you believe the wrong things? And, and I can say it's to Mikey. And, okay, I'm the only one who can call him Mikey. But you all call him Michael. Um, I, how many things has he believed that he has fallen off? How many times has he believed and he could have had great victory, but it didn't happen because he believed the report of everyone else? Maybe what everybody else's opinion is about is extremely untrue. 
And how many of us want to believe, but we don't? I enjoyed Reggie. But Reggie's just a man. And he's a man just like us. Had a life full of disappointments and probably a lot of failures. And many times in our life, we have disappointments that come and they come in a variety of ways. And I'll tell you this one, but I'll tell it. But when he was a little boy, he was, he was born to a woman who had uh, two girls and another son. And when she had him, she didn't want him. She said he was an accident. She didn't want him. She never did want him. And Reggie didn't, never realized who, about his parents until he went to school. And it was like second grade. He was a parent-teacher conferencing. He looked at all the parents in the class, and he's seen all the parents were young, and the, and the kids looked at the, you know, all the kids with the young parents. And he looked at his parents and looked at theirs. So he said, wait till I get home. And he got in the car, and when he was going home, he said, how come all my friends are young and you are old? Right? Yeah. And they said, we'll talk when we get home. So they go in the house and they sit down. And I, I'm not near as dramatic as he is when he tells the story. But, but they sat down with him and they told him the story that your mom didn't want you because you were the fourth kid and because you were a boy. She said you were an accident. He said, oh, Okay. But how many of you would have been okay with hearing that? And over the next few years, he had some real struggles and had some real problems. He was suicidal. A lot of things in his life that were complicated. But as he got older, his victory became in great steps. Ended up going to the University of Tennessee and playing football. Then he transferred to North Central, evidently somewhere in the mix. But he could have dwelled his whole life on the fact that his mom didn't want him. And maybe you think nobody wants you. Would y'all come back up now? You see, even through generations, there's attempts to destroy what God has established. Back whenever Esau and Jacob, there was a promise and there was a blessing given upon Jacob over Esau. And there was a prophecy when he was born about all the things that was going to go Jacob's way. And he was going to have rule over the others. He's going to rule over the other one, though he's stronger. And then years later, through his sons, his grandsons, descendants, it was the enemy again trying to bring lordship of something evil or something bad necessarily over the children of Israel. And how many times in our life, I wonder, over the years, we can look back and look at all the times that maybe something has went wrong, something in our kids' lives or our life, and it's been an attempt to destroy everything that God had established. Just as Reggie. He was too lazy to get out of bed. 
But after he got out of bed, the next semester, everything began to change. I want you to bow your heads with me. You may be, um, you may be like the chickens. You fail to get out of your comfort zone where you feel like it's really safe. You don't really want to reach out and help anybody or do anything else. You just survive. And then you may be like Reggie, a little bit lazy, passive. Somebody else will do it. Somebody else can do it. Somebody else has that ability. I don't. And then you may be like Jacob and Esau's descendants. You may forget who you came from. You may have forgotten that you were a descendant of Jacob, not Esau. So when bad things and or curses begin to happen, you just welcome them into your life. I don't think there's a place for that in any life in here. Not in anybody's life. Being lazy, being content, or being overrun with things. you're here this morning and there's things that you never seem to get victory over there's never things that or maybe you're just afraid to step out they all are similar there's things that you never seem to get victory over and always keeps seems to be taking you backwards I'd like you to raise your hand and I want you to stand where you are 